find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Welcome to the Voice America Kids Kitchen. It's time for Mix It Up, a show for aspiring chefs or those who just want to try something new. We'll bring you recipes, interviews with chefs, and food tips. Now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome. My name is Jamie. And I'm Anna. And this is Mix It Up on Falcon Air One, broadcasting from Fountain Hills Middle School on Voice America Kids Network. Today we are talking about pasta beef soup. The ingredients for pasta beef soup include one pound of lean ground beef, about 90% lean, two cans of beef broth, about 14 and a half ounces each, one package, 16 ounces, frozen pasta with broccoli, corn, and carrots in garlic seasoned sauce, one and a half cups of tomato juice, one can, about 14 and a half ounces, diced tomatoes undrained, two teaspoons of Italian seasoning, and one-fourth cup of shredded Parmesan cheese, which is optional. Okay, now good luck when finding the frozen pasta, because I don't think I ever found the right package. (laughs) Just got something like it, and we measured it out. And same thing with the beef. They were having a special, and there was like a two-ton, okay, maybe not that big package of it, but just we got 93% beef, and it was still really good. Um, in a large saucepan, cook beef over medium heat until no longer pink. When it means large saucepan, you really need a large saucepan. Because <laughs> we started doing it and the saucepan... Overflowed a little it bit? It didn't really overflow. We just kept putting in the ingredients and it was about a centimeter from the end. And since we knew it needed to boil later, we were like, um, this is not going to work. So we ladled it into a bigger pot a much, much, much bigger pot, and uh, moved it over, and it was all good. And please be sure when you're dealing with the stove to take precautions with mitts or a cloth nearby, and just don't burn yourself because soup can get very, very, very hot. (laughs) Yes, and uh, this is a good recipe to do with two people. You have one person standing there mixing the beef in the pan till it is no longer pink, And then you already have all these your other ingredients measured out, so they're all ready. And then you, the other person will add the broth, and then they'll add the pasta, and then they'll add the tomato juice, and then they'll add the tomatoes, and then they'll (laughs) add the Italian seasoning, all while the other person is stirring this. And it it makes really good teamwork. There's only one of you. I would suggest having your ingredients close at hand. And well-prepared, all laid out so you know what's going next. And I know there are a lot of ingredients, and it seems like an abundant amount. that, But you can always kind of tweak it to the point where you add the ingredients you like. So if you say you didn't want corn and carrots in, you can always just throw in broccoli, pasta, a little bit of garlic. It'll have the same pasta beef soup flavor. And the good thing with the soup is it's fine after if you save it and then heat it up later and eat it. It's still fine. Tastes just as good. Uh, definitely eat hot. And <laughs> you, after you add all your ingredients and you're mixing it, you need to bring it to a boil. 
when you're bringing it to a boil, you can put it on a high heat, but as soon as it does boil, lower the heat and then cover it and let it simmer for 10 minutes or until it looks good and smells good. And I recommend adding cheese to it just because it gives it that little kick. Whether you want to put Mexican blend, that's what I usually use. Or just... shredded Parmesan cheese. <laughs> I ate it without cheese and it was just as good. But I'll eat it again, maybe with cheese. See how good that is. And to double the recipe also works if you're making it for more people. But this makes about six servings approximately. And... Six servings by the count, but uh, what it really made was, how much do you think it made? Yeah, eight or ten, yeah. Yeah. Some recipes say they ha make some amount, and then they really make more, they really make less. This made eight to ten servings, and it was really good. Definitely something to make to be impressive. <laughs> so, what did you think of it? Um, I thought... I mean, I guess I could, I was thinking to add a little more garlic. I like that kind of kick in with it. And to serve it with like a crusty bread would also be very delicious. It's just my thing with soup. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. This is Mix It Up. I'm Jamie. And I'm Anna. And today we're talking about pasta beef soup. So what are some of the comments you got from your family? Um, I mostly got that it was amazing it was really good they most of my family ate it with like lots of saltine crackers because oh they're... that sounds really good so yeah my parents thought it was the best of the meal which my dad pointed out that usually you need to serve soup before if you're doing multiple courses you should serve it like that otherwise Either your soup or your food is going to get cold while you're eating one or the other. Yeah. So if I was doing this all again, I'd definitely serve the soup as an appetizer. And if you were to change one thing in the soup or add a something into it, what do you think you would add? Like a vegetable or perhaps change? I'd like something? to try this with celery in it. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I could because now I have celery. Uh, when celery is in a soup, it gets nice and soft and it tastes really good in soup. I'm not the biggest fan of celery, but in soup, I really like it. I also agree. It just gets that kind of texture that makes the soup all come together. And same thing with the bread. That's kind of the same thing. When it gets in the broth and it gets mushy and it gets all those flavors, it's really good. So if you if you have a maybe a bread that you've had for a while and you're not sure what to do with it, if you want to dip it in some soup, that'll make it nice and soft and probably taste a little fresher. Great tip. I'll have to remember that for next time. What other kind of soups do you like? I have a very large variety of, like, <laughs> likings, I guess, because <laughs> I don't really have a favorite, nor do I hate any, but I'd probably have to say, um, let's see, either traditional chicken soup or maybe, like, New England clam chowder. What about yeah. you? I'd have to go with the clam chowder. With this soup, with the chicken soup, if you have someone in the family who's sick and you don't want to make them chicken noodle soup or anything, this is also a good substitute, and you can serve it for the rest of the people in the house, too. And it's definitely good if you're making a larger portions for leftovers because that's basically what's filling my fridge right now. <laughs> 
Mine too. <laughs> I kind of wish we would have made more. <laughs> I know what you mean. I had cup last night when I had a headache. Definitely worked out. Oh, that's good. Soup with the healing powers. <laughs> okay. So what would you add to the soup? I'd have to agree with you that celery definitely would have been a good addition. But I think I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I don't really think that you should put fruit in a soup just because, again, with the fruit and the vegetables <laughs> mix, it can be good. But Except tomatoes. Tomato is a fruit because it has seeds. Okay. <laughs> tomatoes. I don't know that it'd be good in this, though. Or actually, it is in this. Well, I was thinking, I think I was kind of thinking more of the whole tomatoes. Oh, I'm thinking I gotcha. the diced tomatoes, yeah, those were good. They were nice and soft in the broth. Yes, broth makes everything soft. I mean, would you think um, rather than having pasta beef soup, do you think you would ever substitute it for maybe chicken, but with the same ingredients? Do you think it would have the same flavor? I think it would have a totally different flavor because it's totally opposite. But it would be good. You'd be making chicken noodle soup. That's what it is. Yeah, with extra. But I don't know. I think you'd have to change it to chicken broth instead of beef broth if you're going to do that. Because beef broth with chicken might not be as good. So I know exactly what you mean. Let's take a break. I'm Anna. And I'm Jamie. Keep it right here. You're listening to Mix It Up on Voice America Kids Network. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Have you met Catherine the Great? She may be a lot like you. She likes sports, music, having fun, and making new friends. You'll get to find out more about her when you tune in to Catherine the Grape's Magical Hour. Catherine's friends, Audrey and Zara, are the co-hosts of the program, and you'll get to learn more about her through them. Share, laugh, and enjoy Catherine the Grape's Magical Hour. Heard every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Just like Catherine the Grape, you are magical, colorful, and above everything else, you are loved. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Yum! This is Mix It Up on the Voice America Kids channel. My mouth is watering just thinking about what's next. Let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back. My name is Anna. My name is Jamie. And this is Mix It Up on Falcon Air One, broadcasting from Fountain Hills Middle School on Voice America Kids Network. In this segment, we'll be talking about tortellini with salmon ricotta sauce. Yes, very good. But you want to serve this fresh because I we kind of let it sit for a little bit and then heat it up and it wasn't really that good, but I think it'd be super good fresh. All right. Absolutely. For this, you're going to need one package, nine ounces of refrigerated cheese tortellini. But they, I just got a bigger package and we measured it out. Two green onions, sliced. One teaspoon butter, two garlic cloves, minced. One teaspoon cornstarch, one cup fat-free milk, half a cup of shredded part skim mozzarella cheese, one cup fat-free ricotta, one pouch, uh, 7.1 ounces of boneless, skinless pink salmon. But we just had a couple cans and measured out the 7.1 ounces. We measured a lot of things. We had <laughs> fun with the scale. Two tablespoons snap, snip fresh dill or two teaspoons dill weed. We went without that. One and a half teaspoons grated lemon peel, one and a half teaspoons lemon juice, and fourth of a teaspoon salt. And just so you know, grated lemon peel is the same as lemon zest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for pointing that out, Jamie. <laughs> All right, so you're going to cook the tortellini according to the package. And then, meanwhile, in a saucepan, you're going to saute onions in butter until tender. But make sure before you start cooking that you measure out all your ingredients so you have everything ready on hand. Absolutely. Then you're going to add garlic and then cook about a minute or so longer. Then combine cornstarch and milk until smooth. Then gradually stir into the pan. Bring to a boil and then cook and stir for about two minutes until slightly thickened. This is another recipe that's good to do with two people where you have the one person stirring and the other person bringing the ingredients over. And I don't worry about getting everything exactly in order because I kind of switched the garlic and the onions and it was still just as good. Um, mistake on my part, just so you know, the onions are green and the garlic is white. <laughs> good job, Jamie. <laughs> I got confused. And then you're going to stir in the mozzarella cheese until melted, then the ricotta, salmon, dill, lemon peel, Lemon juice and salt all go in next. Then you're going to drain the tortellini from that and then add the ricotta sauce and you've got your meal right there. You don't need quite as big of a saucepan as you did with the soup because this doesn't overflow as much. Just a flat pan works fine. When you are putting in the mozzarella cheese, when it says melted, it means it basically disappears. <laughs> Because the cornstarch and the milk and everything is white. <laughs> and then the mozzarella cheese is white. So when it melts, you can't see it anymore. It just looks a little thicker. I know you had trouble with this stuff sticking on the bottom. So maybe you want to put on some, some oil. Yeah, some oil to help it not stick. <laughs> I was like scraping the bottom of the pan, trying not to burn anything. I'm like, how am I doing this wrong? But it came out really good. Yeah, it good came out anyway. fine. But you, you told me that it was like you were scraping it off one end and in the meanwhile it was burning onto the other end. With the tortellini, when you're cooking it, you got to put in oil and you have to mix so that it doesn't stick together. And you also might want to mix it a couple times after you put in the sauce just so that it doesn't stick in there before you serve it. And serve this hot, fresh. Do not save this. It does not 
taste that good afterwards. <laughs> yes, the vivid flavor right away that you get while it's fresh is always the best way to go. And it smells so good when we were cooking this pan. <laughs> you're like standing there like, I want to eat this. This is so good. Especially garlic. Garlic just always smells so good when you're cooking. When you're putting in the milk, make sure you do it slowly so that it doesn't splash up over the sides. And when you're putting in everything, same thing. Put it in slowly so that nothing gets onto your stove and sticks there. So you're working on it. I'm for... telling you, I think that might be the soup. <laughs> Yes, something burned onto my oven. I have no idea what it is, and it's not coming off. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. Also, with the tortellini, we ended up getting a three-cheese tortellini, so it was, like, all stuffed with cheesy goodness. So it was absolutely delicious. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. This is Mixed Up. I'm Anna. I'm Jamie. And today we're talking about tortellini with salmon ricotta sauce. Actually, we're going to start talking about the chicken salad sandwiches. We just made the chicken salad, but we haven't made it in the sandwiches yet. So, of course, you can just make the chicken salad, leave it on the side, put it on a bagel, toast bagel if you want. Crackers, if you're going a little more simple. True that. <laughs> True that. You're going to have a half a cup of mayonnaise, two tablespoons of honey Dijon mustard, one-fourth teaspoon of pepper, two cups cubed rotisserie chicken jamie had a fun time with that one <laughs> the chicken looked really sad at the end of that <laughs> one cup of shredded swiss cheese half a cup of chopped celery but jamie doesn't like celery in her chicken salad i'm so. sorry <laughs> uh half a cup of dried cranberries also optional but always gives it that sweet flavor everything in this is optional because you're not really you can put a lot of different things in here because it's not like you're trying to bake something where you definitely need each ingredient. This is like if you have a spice that you don't necessarily like, you don't have to put it in. Exactly. Then one fourth cup of chopped walnuts, half a teaspoon of dried parsley flakes, eight lettuce leaves. And if you're going for a bread, this recipe recommended 16 slices of pumpernickel bread. And the lettuce was for the bread, too. Yes. So that's part of the sandwich. It's not... In the chicken salad, and when you're with the chopped walnuts and the cubed rotisserie chicken or anything that you're using a sharp knife for, be careful. I cut my finger with the bread knife trying to cut a bagel, but then my dad made me finish cutting the bagel after I had to get stitches. Anyways, personal story. <laughs> the rotisserie chicken, yes, it looked really sad afterwards because I used it I had some for dinner, and then I had some in the chicken salad, and then I used it in this other recipe, and by the end, it's just this nice, ugly mess on the uh, cutting, cutting board. board. <laughs> so make sure when you're cooking something, put down a plastic cover on your table. Otherwise, you're going to wind up with a huge mess. <laughs> How, what did you think of the chicken salad? I thought it was pretty good. The honey Dijon mustard, I really actually liked. I had never thought of putting that into my chicken salad, but it came out, it had a nice flavor. Was it too cheesy? Um, I don't know. It could have used a little bit less cheese, but I mean. Yeah. I don't even think I put in all the cheese that was needed, so definitely <laughs> hold back on that cheese. Um, What did you eat it on? 
Um, I actually had it on club crackers, but my grandma likes saltine crackers, so kind of had that. And, and again, you can make toast, put it on, regular bread, put it on, whatever you want. And this is served cold. You can heat it up, I guess, but it wouldn't be nearly as good. So, yes, I absolutely recommend this. It's easy. You can have it in your lunch. Um, you can take it on the go. It's one of my favorite recipes for when you're kind of on the move. Okay. So, what was, you said the honey Dijon was your favorite part. Is there anything you would have taken out? Um, I probably would I was eager to try it with the dried cranberries and chopped nuts, but I'm not exactly sure. But anything I would have we taken out. We had the out, chopped nuts in there. You did? I absolutely did not notice it. Some so, more nuts. Yes. And I don't know. What would you have added? Um, I know that I like in my tuna salad, I like a lot of apple. So I might have tried that in here. Uh, if you cut up an apple into small pieces and throw it in, it's all it good nice and juicy add but it's of course already wet anyways to make this you basically just mine the mayo mustard and pepper and then add the rest of the ingredients and stir it all up and then you put it on your bread or put it in the fridge or bring it to school eat it alone whatever you want to do however you want to eat it and also just I, I mean, what do you think of putting in sweeter things? I think sweet is always good if you like sweet. Sour is always good if you like sour. Let's take a break. I'm Jamie. And I'm Anna. Keep it right here. You're listening to Mix It Up on Voice America Kids Network. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Step it out with Cassie Frazier. View tomorrow's stars right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv and hear the radio show on Voice America Kids. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Stepping Out with Cassie Frazier is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv and the Voice America Kids channel, where you can see and hear America's next top music star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier. You can say you saw and heard them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, and the Voice America Kids channel Fridays at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Yum! This is Mix It Up on the Voice America Kids channel. My mouth is watering just thinking about what's next. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. My name is Jamie. And I'm Anna. And this is Mix It Up on Falcon Air One, broadcasting from Fountain Hills Middle School and Voice America Kids Network. In this segment, we are talking about twice baked potatoes. And for the twice baked potatoes, you're going to need four potatoes. Obviously. Or however many you're making. Yes. And then a little bit of salt, pepper. It's all in preference. You don't have an exact amount. But if you're looking for guidelines, you'll have about one-fourth a teaspoon of salt and pepper, three tablespoons of butter, one cup of grated cheese, and then three-fourths to a cup of warm milk. So with this recipe, you're going to cut the, well, actually... You're going to wash the potatoes first. Obviously, I hope. And then microwave the potatoes in which you're using for about nine minutes. Then from there, you're going to cut in half, remove the potato innards, and then... You don't have to remove them all to the skin. You only <laughs> have to remove some of them, Anna. Because you don't want to tear the skin if it's too fragile when filling them up later. And then you're going to mash the potato innards, the salt, pepper, butter, grated cheese, and then warm milk until smooth. But while you're doing that, you're going to throw the potato skins back into a toaster oven or the actual oven until they're a little more firm. And then from there, you're only going to leave them in there for about four minutes and then fill them with the mixture that you have. All right. And then you were doing them. I don't know why you even said you made a mistake. You really didn't. You said, when I make a mistake, I always put on more cheese. <laughs> on the top. And it kind of reminded me of in kindergarten, my the teacher always told us, if we make a mistake, make it into something. And that's kind of what you have to do with cooking is if you add too much of something. You finger, have to balance it out somehow. Balance it out, put something else in, whatever you want to do. I really like these potatoes, but I think I'd like to see them with some garlic. Yes, I definitely, I mean, my mother, she always, she has this memorized already and she just makes it kind of offhand. And I guess I could have added even garlic, onion, if you wanted to add green onions on top with sour cream. <laughs> yep, whatever you want to eat your potato with. So what did you think of potatoes? Um, I thought that I could have toasted the skins a little more to make them a little more like crisp but not to the point where they were like yeah. crunchy where they crispy just they were kind of soft uh, but no argument from me i like them soft but if you do like them crispier let have them in the toaster longer and what did you think do you think like there could have been something else added upon i think it was this? a kind of basic recipe and if you want, are going for that go right ahead if you're cooking for a kid who likes things simple definitely stick to this but if you're Playing to a more complicated audience, a uh, sophisticated audience, I should say. You can put in garlic, onions, or other spices that you like. Just make sure you don't put in cinnamon 
<laughs> or something that would not be as good in potatoes. Think about what you're putting in before you put it in. And along with potatoes, what else do you have like as your side? Um, well, the potatoes are good. I mean, I you can have bread with it too, but since the potato is already a starch, you might not want all the carbs, I should say, but that's, I like bread. I'll eat it with anything but if you're trying not to go for all that then maybe not bread but what you could have is vegetables um fruit I usually don't eat too much fruit as a dinner like main side dish Uh, you could have it for dessert but fruit might not be as good if these potatoes are good with dinner they're a little fancy for lunch you say your mom has it memorized how many times do you think you've eaten these um, I've only eaten them about four or five times, but my mom has definitely made them more than that. I just, I can't remember a time. She's been making them for ever, like it seems. <laughs> yep. So do you, it is a simple recipe. I can see how she hasn't memorized. If you're just starting out, don't try and memorize it. Make <laughs> <Yes>. them, <laughs> look at the recipe. And when you're toasting them, a lot of toasters have a lot of settings. What kind of would you put it on would you um on your toaster that I used I ended up putting it on bake 350 and then it's so if you're using an oven which is basically what the bake is on that (laughs) you can set the oven to 350 you're listening to the voice america kids network this is mix it up I'm Jamie and I'm Anna and today we're talking about tortilla pizza tortilla pizzas have no uh real recipe other than You want to cook them for about seven minutes in a 350-degree oven. They're basically tortillas, and you put whatever you want on them to make your pizza. Creation. Make your creation. Um, How did these start? Um, Actually, my mom was just kind of like thinking about an easy pizza recipe. It was kind of a quick lunch because we were headed off somewhere quickly. So she came across some tortillas, threw on some mozzarella cheese topped it with some i think she had like some chicken or sausage or something in the fridge along with some onions and peppers real quick that she had sliced and threw it in yeah we made a simple recipe we put on cheddar and mozzarella cheese and then some spinach and some of that rotisserie chicken (laughs) the poor poor rotisserie chicken that um was subject to our cooking but it was really good. Another thing to eat fresh. Anything with cheese on, you should probably eat fresh instead of, I mean, it can be good, but when you put cheese in the microwave, it's just not the same. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. But also, when it comes to topping your pizza, you can throw like anything you want. You can go from onions and peppers to spinach and chicken but you must remember that it's only a tortilla so the more you put on it it's going to be a little more it might fall apart a little more fragile yeah okay and if you have a favorite pizza say you really 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 like pineapple pizza make a tortilla pineapple pizza if you really really just like cheese pizza just put some cheese basically a quesadilla (laughs) but it is a lot like a quesadilla, but it is open-faced. Do not close it. I mean, you could, but it's not the same effect. <laughs> They're really good to serve as a side dish. Depending on what you put on them, they might not be as filling enough to have a, 
as a whole meal, as your main dish. It's good as a substitute for bread. It's basically fancy bread because tortillas are just like bread. <laughs> and now you've added topping. And also, I really like the flavor of whole, like the whole wheat tortilla. Yeah. And I think it complemented the spinach and chicken really nicely. So if you're into whole wheat tortillas, even if you're not, I highly recommend it. What's your favorite thing to put on a tortilla pizza? Um, I definitely enjoy having onions, peppers, and spinach. Just those are like three things I really like. What about you? Um, well, I did like the spinach and chicken, but I'd like to try it some more with uh, tomatoes. Oh, yes, absolutely. But I have made tomatoes and something else and it didn't quite come out right. So I... <laughs> That's why I was kind of reluctant to do so. But if I try it again, I'm going to test out tomatoes. And on your pizza, do you like sun-dried tomatoes on them? Or are you like just pizza sauce and I'm good? (laughs) On my regular pizza, it's probably just the pizza sauce. I like the chicken on the regular pizza too. And I also like broccoli. And so I don't, I think the broccoli might be a little bit too heavy for the tortilla and a little bit too thick to overpower the thin crust that the tortilla provides. If you could try uh, one more topping on your tortilla pizza, what would it be? Um, I would probably have to go for mushroom because I've, my mom has tried it with it, but I've never tasted it. And I think it would go great with the onions and peppers. All right, so next time we're making a mushroom and tomato tortilla pizza. <laughs> so what would you serve this with? Um, tortilla pizzas, it, you have so much, so much leniency that I think you can serve with about anything if you're not picky, but I'd probably put it with maybe what, of vegetables or something. What would you serve as a main dish with it, especially if you already have like chicken or something on it and you don't? If you're getting your meat there and you don't necessarily want to have meat as your main dish. I'd probably have it as like a soup, I guess, because it's already kind of crispy and crunchy. and gives it that nice flavor. Let's take a break. I'm Anna. And I'm Jamie. Keep it right here. You're listening to Mix It Up on Voice America Kids Network. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You just love your pets, but sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m., whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life. We'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. 
What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Yum! This is Mix It Up on the Voice America Kids channel. My mouth is watering just thinking about what's next. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. My name is Anna. And I'm Jamie. And this is Mix It Up on Falcon Air One, broadcasting from Fountain Hills Middle School on Voice America Kids Network. In this segment, we're talking about cookie dough dip. Yes. The cookie dough dip, when it says cookie dough, don't think that it tastes just like cookie dough because you're technically not supposed to eat raw cookie dough which <laughs> because of the eggs. There are no eggs in it, and it tastes a lot like cream cheese, which is the main ingredient of this. So it says one eight-ounce package of cream cheese, half a cup of butter, one cup powdered sugar, two tablespoons brown sugar, one and a half teaspoons vanilla, one cup chocolate chips, and one cup toffee bits. We did without the toffee bits, but if you like toffee, go (laughs) ahead, throw them in there. (laughs) So first you want to cream together the cream cheese and butter until that's nice and smooth, and then you're going to add the rest of the ingredients, mix it up, and then it is a dip, so you can serve it with graham crackers. I did not have them in the house, so (laughs) I used a spoon. Still very good. For the chocolate chips, we used Ghirardelli dark chocolate chips, and they were Yum. really good. When you're doing the chocolate chips, you can. we didn't even measure out a cup. We just did it by eye. That's usually what you can do with chocolate chips is see how much chocolate chips you want in relative to the rest of the dough. Exactly, because that's ordinarily what I do with ma- when making, like, chocolate chip cookies or something, because I ordinarily, like more chocolate chips than it says on the package but yeah <laughs> yeah I originally heard about this recipe from my cousin when I was visiting she showed me this recipe and then everyone who's heard it or seen it or seen a picture of it is it makes your mouth drool because it's nice color it looks like cookie dough tastes more like a cream cheese cookie dough because it is cream cheese I might next time reduce the cream cheese a little bit and mix it up a little bit more because I think... It was a little, like, chunkier. You want it a little more smooth. Yeah, so pay attention to breaking up those cream cheese little uh, bits, if you want to call them, and making it nice and smooth. Unless you just wanted it a little more softened, but don't warm it because it is cream cheese. (laughs) Yes, What would you suggest eating it with? I actually liked the recommendation of graham crackers or like chocolate grams or something. Chocolate graham crackers sounds so good. <laughs> but um, Or even a cookie. A cookie, itself, yeah. So. Have cookie dough dip on a cookie. <laughs> Maybe not a chocolate chip cookie because that's... Already has chocolate chips in it. You yeah. already have that chocolatey flavor. Yum. You know what might be interesting to try is make chocolate chip cookies without the chocolate chips and then put the cookie dough dip on it like a icing. Oh, yes. That might be really good. We'll have to try that sometime. Ugh, 
so delicious. Okay. And if you were to just kind of like experiment with this, what would you like want to try to add maybe a different flavor? Would you ever want to try putting like fruit or various um, different? Probably not fruit, but since you, if you make chocolate chip cookies, you usually put nuts in it. And I might want to try it with walnuts or something like that. What about you? Um, I agree. I would, I really enjoy chocolate chip walnut cookies. That's what my uncle makes a lot. So I would most definitely have to try it with nuts. And not even limited by walnuts. I mean, you have almonds. If you've ever made almond cookies, this would be almond cream cheese chocolate chip cookies. Almost, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And what other nuts are there? There's cashews, maybe not be so good. Peanuts may not be so Pecans. good. Pecans. Pecans. Oh, those would be so good. My grandmother loves using pecans in some of her crusts. Yes, so. pecan crust. But this would be, I think the pecans would nicely complement this, even better than the walnuts. So, Absolutely. So. Along then, with, like, dessert, like, what are some of your, like, favorite desserts, like, related to maybe not just cookies, but just in general? If you have either a cookie or a brownie or something like that warmed with ice cream because it melts over, brownies are really, really good when you make them and they're fresh. And if they have chocolate chips in them and when you bite into it, the chocolate chips melt. So good. Same thing with cookies, fresh cookies. Pick it up off the cooling rack, eat it, and the chocolate chips melt because they're still hot. Always really good. And then when you're drowning your cookie in bunches of ice cream and it just just definitely complements it perfectly and too bad you can't make the chocolate chips melt in this it might be good to try melting some chocolate chips a little bit and then putting it in you're listening to the voice america kids network this is mix it up i'm anna and i'm jamie and today we're talking about lemon bars all right so for this for the crust part you're going to need one cup all-purpose flour, or we used whole wheat, uh, eighth of a teaspoon salt, a uh, half a cup of confectioner's sugar, and one stick, eight tablespoons of butter, melted but not hot, which basically means make it a liquid and then let it cool from being <laughs> in the microwave. For the inside of it, you're going to need two large eggs, three-fourths cup sugar. We used fruit sweet, used half a cup of fruit sweet, and it was still really good. One and a half tablespoons, again, whole wheat or all-purpose flour. Six tablespoons juice from two lemons or just six tablespoons juice. Uh, we wound up using like two and a half for it. And two teaspoons finely grated lemon zest or grated <laughs> lemon peel. peel. <laughs> and then, okay, to start out, you're going to lower the position of the rack so it sits down a little bit then heat it to 325 and then you're going to spray an eight by eight inch baking pan with vegetable cooking spray and then and then put foil on it <laughs> and then spray the foil again i guess it thinks this is really sticky which it actually isn't but i think they're suggesting using the foil to take it out I, you could probably go without spraying the pan first <laughs> i maybe use a uh, non-stick foil yeah and exactly. then not spray the pan because I don't even know why it wants you to do that much. And then you're from there, you're going to mix flour, salt, 
and confectioner's sugar in a medium bowl, then stir in butter to form dough. This sounds like you might need a mixer, but just use hand mix it in a bowl. You don't need a big mixer for this. Yes, because the dough is very easily formable and it just becomes like Play-Doh instantly. And then from there, you're going to press the dough into the pan and bake until about pale golden if you're using all-purpose flour or just about 20 minutes. And if you're looking for the lemon bars to catch on the sides, you can always put a little edge on the four sides so it doesn't overflow or something unless you're going for that image. It's really up to you. All right, and while this is going and you already have all your ingredients measured out again, that's always a very easy way to start, then you're going to whisk together the eggs, sugar, or fruit sweet if you're using it, flour, lemon juice, and zest in a medium bowl. Again, you don't need a big mixer, just mix it by hand. And then remove the pan from the oven and then add the lemony mixture and continue to bake for about 20 minutes. You don't need to let the crust cool at all, so you can slide the rack of the oven out a little bit and pour it in and then slide it back and it'll be fine. You don't have to fuss over that too much. Absolutely. And from after the 20 minutes that it is baking, after you take it out, just let it cool for a little bit. And we were trying to detach it from the foil, but <laughs> yeah, kind of had let to... it cool in the pan for a little bit. And then so that it's not fresh out of the oven, hot on your hands, and then use the foil to take it out and put it on a cooling rack. But don't try and peel the foil away from the edges immediately because you will break it. Wait a couple more minutes and then do it. What did you think of them? I thought they were pretty good. Being that we used the substitutes, it definitely had like a different texture with the lemony mixture. What did you think? Well, I'm not the biggest lemon bar fan, so I haven't really tried them yet. I had the cookie dough dip instead, <laughs> but my dad really liked them. He said they were just like his. I'd like to try it with maybe a little uh, powdered sugar on top. Yeah, that's what my grandmother usually does, but I ended up forgetting about it. <laughs> What else would be good with this? What would you serve with it? I mean, for as you always have like that tea party image when you think of little pastries. <laughs> so I guess you could have it with tea because I'm thinking lemon bars by itself would be just a fantastic treat or dessert. Yeah, if you have a little kid that you know and you they're having a tea party, offer to bring these. Absolutely. That's going to do it for today. Thanks for joining us today on Mix It Up. Listen to the show weekly on voiceamericakids.com. Contact us at voiceamericakids at yahoo.com. Be sure to mention our names, Jamie and Anna, and our show, Mix It Up. Thanks again for listening. Well, I'm full. Thanks for listening to Mix It Up on Voice America Kids. Make sure you come back next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show. Have a tasty week. Mm -hmm.